Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Tuesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, and today we're talking econ. We're going to our good friends over at the Mises Institute, and we're talking economics for business. Hunter Hastings, welcome to the program. Hello, Brian. Great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely, Hunter. Thank you for joining us on the program today, and thank you for what you're doing over at the Mises Institute, over specifically at Economics for Business. We at the Brian Nichols Show, we've taken a very hard turn towards working with business owners, small business owners, large business owners, entrepreneurs, because I see right there, there is a large untapped market of individuals who are liberty-minded because the very nature of being a small business owner or an entrepreneur means that you try to do things on your own outside of government and they see solutions overtly non-government and it, I say they're easily one of the, the groups we should be reaching out to and building relationships with. And I would dare say you agree the same with what you're doing with economics for business. So let's start things off. In introduce ourselves to Hunter Hastings, but also let's introduce us uh, to the brand new economics for business, a part of the Mises Institute. Yo, thanks, Brian. We're in the same space as you are. We love small business, although I don't much like the term small business. I like the term entrepreneur, and entrepreneur is is uh, creating value for customers, and the customers reward you. So it's a, it's a wonderful attitude. As you say, it's the, uh, the absolute opposite of politics. In politics, there are winners and losers, and it's always a fight. In economics, there are only winners. It's, it's mutual value sharing. If I do something for you, I produce something that you want, you pay me for it, we're both happy. So an entrepreneurial society which would be a much better society than the one we have now. So we're, we're working our way in that direction. And the, the other thing about small business is it's all business. 99.9% .9 of businesses in America are what the government calls small, but they're the middle class of business. They're, they're the backbone of the economy. They create most value, they create most jobs, they create economic growth, they create innovation. And so they are the backbone. And economics is business. And at Economics for Business, we're trying to we're trying to assert that. So it's based on Austrian economics, which 
If I was a brand manager, Brian, I wouldn't call my brand Austrian economics. I'd call it something else. But it's the brand of economics for entrepreneurs, for individuals, for the creation of value, and to do that in, a, in the freest of free markets where the customer is the boss and the customer determines what's produced by buying or not, not buying. And so we help entrepreneurs, we help small businesses to succeed in that economic arena. You know, it's funny. I, I think I found myself realizing that the the correlation between the business world and that Austrian economics world really made sense. I was listening to a podcast with a gentleman named Victor Antonio, and he is a sales legend. And he was discussing um, about how he's on a podcast about how he was a big fan of Ayn Rand, and it caught me off guard. And then he started digging into the the, the ideas behind um, not only objectivism, but started talking about libertarianism and the value of capitalism. And I I said wait, this, this is a sales guy. And then I listened to the next podcast. It was Jeffrey Gittimer, who's also another sales legend out there in the world of sales. And he, on his website, his favorite books were Atlas Shrugged and in a few other um, libertarian-leaning economics books. And it, it struck me again that, okay, this, you know, now, now it's definitely not just a, an occurrence. Now we're seeing this is an actual happening. This is a thing. And we should be focusing more on this. And I was just speaking to you beforehand. I went to an event just this past uh, week as we're recording here on a Monday, the 21st. Yeah, I couldn't remember February. Um, and it was up in Wisconsin. It was with a bunch of small business owners at the Young Guns Winter Summit. And it, it was a non-political event. Like there was no political leaning, but it was obvious. Pretty much everybody there was in the mindset of being pro-limited government because they saw themselves in that, that realm of being the individual in the economy, creating value, solving problems. And they don't need that extra government to, uh, entity to help facilitate that happening. In many cases, actually, it's that government entity that's holding them back. So with that being said, Hunter, let's dig into economics for business. So this is obviously the new venture from the Mises Institute. And I want to discuss what this is doing for business owners and how are you having success in terms of actually reaching out and getting conversations started with people we haven't been talking to. Well, we think of the entrepreneurial journey, Brian, you, you, you begin your journey, you're trying to create value for customers, you're trying to build a, a company, you're trying to grow. And we try to break down that entrepreneurial journey into steps that are accessible for everybody. And the first step is imagination, which sounds kind of woolly and, and imprecise, but it's not. The, the whole point about economics is imagining a better future. The customer imagines one, otherwise they wouldn't be trying new things, and the entrepreneur imagines one. So what is the, the essence of imagining a better future? And so we call that a value proposition. Who's my customer? What do they need? What have I got for them? And I can give them a value proposition. And our site has a number of tools to help entrepreneurs do that. We've got a value proposition template, for example, that you can download, you can fill in, you can see examples of it, you can, you can see how to apply it. Then the next step is a design process. So how do you get from a value proposition, which is an idea sketched on paper, to an actual service or an actual product? Well, it's a series of steps. They become more and more material, you know, closer and closer to the market, more and more uh, like a prototype and then a, a finished version. And you test that. You test that for constant feedback from the customer. So by the time you finish the design process, you're pretty accurate that you've got something that the, the customer wants. The third step is marketing, which is, is a learning process for the customer. 
And one of the things Austrian under, Austrians understand, Brian, is that value for the customer is a process. It's not one point in time. It's not one transaction. It's a, it's a learning process. So the first learning is, hey, I see something that Brian's offering me. Do I think there's anything in that for me? That's the first step. Then, relatively, compared with other things I could do, does it have any value for me? Then, does it have any social value? What will other people think if I, if I buy this? Are other people buying it? They, they make that comparison. Then it's got exchange value. Is the price right? Will I change my dollars for this? Then they use it. That's experience value. And then they step back and they say, did that meet my expectations? You can map all of this out and you can get into that, that process. We have what we call an Austrian business model. And it's four sections of value. Identifying potential value. He's something they might want. Delivering that value, putting it all together through the design process. Completing the exchange, what you call sales. And then the valuation of that, stepping back and saying, did it work? Should I change it? Should I improve it? So we've got tons of tools and processes like that on the site that people can explore and, and work around and, and find something that's useful to them. The second thing we want to, to provide on the site, Brian, is, is a community. So th there's three things you need to be a successful entrepreneur. You need knowledge, and we've got lots of that. We've got tools, things you can do, actions you can take. And the third is experience. And a big issue for small business is that they don't have that experience, right? They're just getting started or their business is, is pre-limited. So the best way to get experience is share it with others. So we've got a community where you can come in, ask questions. Have you had this problem before? What about this? What do you do about marketing? Somebody will respond to you. And to your opening point, we're building up this community of entrepreneurs, of small business people that can share experience, which will get them smarter and moving faster over time. So those are the three things, knowledge, tools. I love, I, I lost you there for a second there, Hunter, but um, I love when we're looking through the Economics for Business website here, um, the community aspect. You have specifically, like you were mentioning, crypto enthusiasts, marketing professionals, mm -hmm. software developers. This is an opportunity for people to really engage in conversations. And let's be frank, these are conversations that aren't being allowed in some other areas we're seeing right now online. And actually, this was one of the, the discussions I led at the, the summit this past week was big tech censorship and what business owners can do to fight back. So I think right there, and that maybe is also why when I saw what you guys were doing, it got me so excited because we are right now seeing an entire group of individuals waking up and starting to speak out and fight back. And, and right there, we haven't seen that really. We saw all of a sudden an entire brand new group of, of voters called parents decide to wake up with school choice initiatives. Hoorah. And, and by the way, shout out to our good friend, Corey DeAngelis, because he's been absolutely crushing it at the different state houses, uh, educating state uh, lawmakers on the, the value and importance of funding students, not systems. But also we're seeing, uh, I would say right now, your average person, despite the push from the corporate media to get us going to war with, with Russia over the Ukraine fiasco, 
your average person's like, nah, not into that. And I'm feeling right. very much like we saw with Syria back in 2014. Yeah, your average person just doesn't want to get involved. And now to your average business owner, and this maybe is the biggest thing, the past two years of COVID hysteria, the, the insanity of having your business arbitrarily shut down, told, I'm sorry, you're not an essential worker. You can't go to work today. And Families not only seeing their their livelihoods lost, but now entire generations of wealth completely just evaporate overnight. And and right now, your your average business owner, they're done. They're not playing that game anymore. So I'm curious with the conversations, Hunter, that you're having with sp small business owners, and especially in these discussion groups, do you see that that approach from the business owner, the the entrepreneur, to fight back against the the in some cases tyranny from the the government mandates? Yeah, I love that that concept, Brian, and I think that that entrepreneurship is the way to to make that progress. I, I think of it just slightly differently, and, and this is what people tell me as well, that it, it's not so much a fight head to head, because we'll probably lose that one. It's separation and decentralization. And in business, people are looking for ways to separate themselves from from government. So if you take Bitcoin and crypto as an example, that's exactly what that is. You can conduct your, your transactions on the, the blockchain ledger with your crypto, and that's entirely separate from government. It's, it's shielded. And the, the whole DeFi, decentralized finance uh, approach is, is very much like that. I don't need banks and I don't need even the big venture capitalists in Silicon Valley. I just need friends and a community and a, and a way of attaching to people that I can I can raise money that way. There's a great movement that I was learning from uh, a young man in, in Germany called the free software movement, which is, you know, young kids who are just interested in building software, they'll, they'll make something, maybe they make it for themselves and they say, hey, this might be of, of use to somebody else. So they put it on the market without a price. They just say, hey, download this if, if, if you'd like it. And people pay them back in in Bitcoin or in Satoshi's, you know, millions of millionths of Bitcoin. And they call it stacking sats. I've just learned that terminology. But the point is it's a value for value exchange. It's separate from the government. Nobody's tracking it. Nobody's regulating it. And I think we're going to find more and more ways to do that. And obviously not all entrepreneurs can do that. They've, they're regulated. They've got to follow the rules. They've got to sign the forms. They've got to form their business, you know, according to state and federal regulations and so on. But the general approach is the entrepreneur to the customer, the customer to the entrepreneur, and keep that between us, mutual voluntary exchange, and we'll figure out ways to keep the government out of it. We're going to have to pay our taxes. We're going to have to pay stop at red lights. But beyond that, we can separate more and more. And we can decentralize, which is the other key to this. Now, the government's a, a giant hierarchy stomping on you all the time. Whereas on the internet and with network communications and network businesses and network supply chains, we, don't, we can escape from that hierarchy. We can do everything horizontally between peers. So those trends, I think, are very, very promising. I would say they're absolutely promising. And I would also say the policy uh, perspective, too, is interesting because a lot of business owners, and I even saw this, I did an interview recently with a, a noted uh, salesperson, I can say who it was, um, but they they said beforehand, they said, yeah, I don't, I don't do politics, just so you know. And I was like, I got you, no worries, no politics. But that's starting to actually change because when I was at the Young Gun Summit, I, I had quite a few people come up to me afterwards and say, 
thank you for putting your your liberty values next to your business self. And, and they said that they were thinking about doing that, but they just didn't have that kind of kick to do it. They were afraid. And I think right now we're seeing that change a little bit. Your average person isn't afraid anymore. They're more willing to stand up and fight back and also go towards policy and get involved in the political infrastructure. Now, we as, as libertarians or as Austrians, we, we try to avoid government solutions, but I would say if we can start to reduce the impact of existing government policy, that's a fantastic step in the right direction. So let's kind of go that route. Hunter, when you're having conversations with these business owners, do you see any push towards uh, re reducing policy and specifically in what areas are you seeing that conversation really leading? Well, I'll give you two good examples, I think, Brian. One you've already mentioned, which is homeschooling. That's an entrepreneurial solution to um, state-dominated education as a problem. And as you said, moms and dads and parents are figuring out ways to do homeschooling. Businesses are coming up on the internet where you can download the curriculum. You know, the Ron Paul curriculum is, is one of the best from Tom Woods, but there are, there are many more. Um, the, the Libertas Institute with the Tuttle Twins is another source of, of information. There are all kinds of entrepreneurial ways to do homeschooling and, and education. Um, another great example of this is the, uh, what's happening in the medical field where individual doctors are setting up their own practices. It's called uh, direct care, direct primary care, DPC. And they'll, they'll find 300 patients that want to subscribe at you know, $10 a month, whatever the number is. And that gives those patients complete access to the doctor. The doctor can sign up to be uh, have a pharmacy license so he can, he can prescribe. And it becomes a self-contained system that's not entirely separate from the state system, but it's not in the big hospital system. It doesn't have all of the medical tyranny that typically goes with, with those kinds of hospital systems. So yes, people are finding ways to have this entrepreneurial, decentralized, individual solution and they've got to fight the red tape, but they're finding it can be done. They're finding creative ways to do it. And so those are just two examples, which I think are, are really, really important in terms of education and medicine. Medicine is a place where, where tyranny of, of not just the government, but the, the big bureaucracies and the pharmacy companies has been really oppressive. And it's really exciting to see that um, individuals are finding ways around that. You know, there's a, there's a famous free market setup called the, uh, the Surgery Center of Oklahoma run by a, a guy called Dr. Keith Smith. And he started a surgery center where the big breakthrough was, I'll put my prices on the internet. You want a hip replacement? It's $27,500. I don't know what that number is, but it's, you know, he's got a price list and that's exactly what it it costs you. You go there, you get the anesthesia, you get the surgeon, you get the treatment, you get the overnight in the hospital, and it's cash. And people come from all over the world. You don't have to wait. You just make an appointment. And that's another entrepreneurial solution. And there's a group called the Free Market Medical Association that is furthering that. And so it's happening everywhere, Brian, that we're entrepreneurially creating these separate value centers that deal directly between the entrepreneur and the, the customer, and they're finding ways around the red tape and the legislation and the bureaucracy. You'd love to see it. You'd love to see it. Uh, well, how about yeah. this? Let's 
Let's turn the last uh, five or so minutes of the, the conversation. I, I want to focus on the business owner. I'm a business owner, let's say, and I am looking to take a step, get involved, learn more because I maybe feel a little lost and I'm looking for some guidance. So help me out. I, what are the first steps? Lost lamb approach. I look at econforbusiness.com. Then what? Well, you need to, to understand your own process and your own journey. So often businesses are told, start with an idea. You need an idea. Well, you don't. You need a customer. And so start with customers. Who are you going to serve first? And then how do you figure out what it is that they need that you can provide that, that becomes your business? And so we always say start there. Um, the way to gather that data is just to talk to people. One of our, our friends who was on the, the podcast a little bit earlier, Brent Lindell, said, you know, I, I decided to get into the construction business. I decided to sell siding. I knew something about siding. So I'd go sell to the, the construction business that was using siding. And I went and talked to them. I found out that their business needs were nothing to do with siding. They would be happily buy my siding, but they, they said three things. One, answer the phone. Two, <laughs> be here when you say you're going to be here. And third, if you can't, be honest about it. And so he's built a whole business around that. So this value creation is a feeling. So who are, who are the customers? What are the feelings that they'd like to have they don't have now? How can I create that feeling? And then we've got all the tools for accounting and marketing and, and selling and, and uh, management and organization, those kinds of things. But I would say start with the customer and know that customer better than anybody. One of our board members at the Mises Institute is a fellow called Bob Luddy. And he started with, his customers were restaurants. And he knew something about fire suppression equipment, you know, fire extinguishers. So he decided to sell fire extinguishers to restaurants. So we started to do that, listen to all the restaurateurs. Well, they need other stuff as well. They're, they're worried about ventilation. They need to keep all that smoke and grease out of their kitchen. So he started to get into ventilation systems. And he now, he built a business over 30 years that's now $500 million in size, and it's, it's the biggest in its category. It's by far and away the market leader. And he did that by starting with listening to restaurateurs, selling them fire extinguishers, and then just finding out what, what other stuff that they needed. So start with the customer. That's the ultimate uh, advice. I, I love that advice, and my audience, they're, they're probably smiling and nodding in agreement right now with what, everything you just said because we did – a morning sales huddle, so our YouTube uh, subscriber can see that scrolling at the bottom here of the screen. So if you want to go to a subscribe, folks, morning sales huddle, go to briannicholshow.com. But we, we did an episode here where I covered one of my morning sales huddle, uh, huddle emails, and we talked about uh, find, to uh, get rich, find your niche. And the reason being is because when you find that specific niche that you can speak to, you will get unique insight. And, and unique insight is just insight beyond the obvious, right? But you will be able to see things and, and create value that other people simply can't because you're seeing it on a constant basis. I say this all the time when I'm talking to CIOs and, and one of the common objections you'll hear is, yeah, we, we already, we, we got this, right? But do you? Because on top of handling your phone systems, on top, on top of handling your, your bandwidth, your voice solutions, your cybersecurity, you have so many other different agenda items that you have to make sure that you're hitting. Can you mm -hmm. be an expert in every single area? Whereas 
my day job, I literally have to be an expert. That's that's what my job is. I become an expert in the voice, data, telecommunications, cybersecurity industry. And, and with that, like I am able to leverage the best people out there to bring that to the table for these business owners and IT professionals. So the same thing is true when you are in the world of sales. And, and regardless, if you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, the idea of knowing who your customer is is so paramount because it's not a matter of what you sell, but what the person is out there that they're buying. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you sell. There's nobody out there that's actually willing to buy your product. And this all goes into the importance of understanding the economics for business, which obviously econforbusiness.com will include that link in the show notes. But Hunter, people want to go ahead and see resources. I was just going ahead and scrolling through over on the uh, the website here. And I noticed that we have some, some courses uh, here. I'll bring this up here on the, the page. But as I do, tell us about some of these cor- uh, this course, the Crazy Method Launchpad. If people want to get involved what do they have to do and what will it entail well we're just adding courses to uh to our site so the one that you you're uh pointing to is by a wonderful uh entrepreneur in uh luxembourg i think anywhere in europe called fabrice testa and he has written courses he's taught courses for a lot of people about uh, super entrepreneurs, you know, how to be a great entrepreneur, how to grow your business fast, how to supercharge it and so on like that. And then for us, for Econ for Business, he has created a course which you can go to on our site, you can download, you can participate, you can sign up at any time, you can talk to Fabrice directly. So that's part of our community uh, approach. And uh, Fabrice would love to have you there. And uh, we're, we're adding more courses all the time. And uh, We'll, we'll find, we'll co-create. Just like you said, Brian, we, we think of it as co-creation. So you, you listen to people and then you try to respond with what they need. So we'll co-create courses. We'd love to hear from anybody about what especially they'd like to see there. And uh, most, most of everything is free. Fabrice does call, uh, charge a little bit for his course, but everything pretty much on the site is free. And uh, we'd love you to come and look around and tell us what you like. Awesome. Well, how about this, folks? We'll include the link to Econ for Business in the show notes. All you got to do, click the artwork. It'll bring you right to today's episode over at briannicholshow.com, where you can access all the links, plus you'll have access to today's transcript, plus all 300, 300, 400, and I don't even know, 450 ballpark episodes of The Brian Nichols Show. We're somewhere in there. We'll figure it out tomorrow when I actually post the episode. But Hunter Hastings, thank you so much for what you're doing over at Econ for Business, and of course, all the great work you, you folks are doing over at the Mises Institute. Uh, with that being said, final thoughts or words of wisdom to the audience? Well, the future is entrepreneurial, and... and uh don't think of what you're doing as small business. Think of it as the service ethic, people serving people, mutually rewarding each other for it. The future lies with them. The, a lot of these big companies are dinosaurs. We're going to replace them all with, with uh, networked, interconnected, entrepreneurial businesses. And that's where the growth is. It's also where the excitement is. It's where the purpose is, it's where the meaning is. It's where all the personal fulfillment is. So dive in. The audience cannot agree more. They hear this preached every single day. So uh, it, it's great to hear. Uh, yeah, we're actually seeing the connection between the world of politics and the world of business truly coming together. And we're seeing that with economics for business. Thank you uh, for that being said. Hunter Hastings, thank you for joining us in today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you, Brian. It's been great. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? 
give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. This is renegade statesman Eric Brakey, host of Free America Now, a podcast for people ready to strike down tyranny. As a former state legislator who knows how the political machine works, I lead every episode with a free-range discussion alongside thinkers, activists, and policymakers. People like Tom Woods, Hannah Cox, and WWE superstar and Knox County Mayor Glenn Kane Jacobs on just how to free America now. New episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, and you can find Free America Now on your favorite podcasting app. So be sure to subscribe, unless you're a communist, in which case I understand why you wouldn't really like the show. Furthermore, my opinion is the Federal Reserve should be destroyed, so let's free America now.